now we're hot. Very hot. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another edition of the Profit Roadmap. I'm Barry Flissy alongside Cody Owen. I'm Cody As Owen, always. and he's very hot. Yes, I'm very hot. And uh, really excited. <laughs> Please edit that out. Uh, we've got, it's, we're it's really, really, really excited to be here. We're still here at SA5 and uh, talking to one of our uh, previous guests on the Profit Roadmap. Uh, Mr. Ted Glazer is back with us. Ted, we really appreciate you dropping by. Ted, and, uh, Ted the us. Wonder Kid. Yes, the Wonder Kid. I have never been called that. I've been called Wonder Bread. Wonder Bread? Yeah. Also fair. It's like white. Fair enough. Actually, I've never been called that either. Okay. Let's edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't funny. <laughs> So for those listening, so there's no confusion, Ted is Caucasian. Yes, it's true. Wonder Bread, <laughs> there's the metaphor. Anyway, uh, so Ted, I wanted to dive in something specific. You mentioned to us last year, and you guys can go back and listen to his previous episode with it, but you mentioned how you actually fired your very largest customer. Customers. Six, customers. So over six figures, right? My correct. Multiple, yeah. Multiple, multiple accounts ending up in six figures, and you fired some of your largest customers. And you said that you had to do it at the time. You had to do it. So, kind of to rehash this for a second, why? Why did you have to do it at the time? Yeah. So we were making a big shift in our business model, uh, which is something that Jonathan has talked about a lot. Uh, a lot of people here have. There's. It's, it's very popular right now to be getting into residential, but it's for a lot of good reasons. Um, prior to me ever meeting anybody in Service Autopilot or being aware of this concept and this business model method, I came to this conclusion uh, due, due to staffing issues. We just had a hard time. We were doing a lot of commercial work, uh, hospitals, malls, apartment complexes, um, shopping centers, stuff like office, things like that. So um, anytime we had turnover, we just had a terrible time training in new guys, if you, if you work in like a crew of two or three and you're going to be on one job site all day long, it's just super hard to train in a new guy. So we had made the decision that we're going to start working on smaller properties because when the inevitable turnover happens, it's just the nature of the job that we've chosen to do. You can deal with that better. Well, then it came to terms of, well, if we change our staffing methods with that, then we can change how we pay. We can change how we market. We can change what equipment we use. We can change what trucks we buy. And suddenly we found it's way more profitable to do that. So what we did is uh, through phases, and last year we did our first phase, we dumped uh, probably $250,000 in commercial work. And then we've already dumped another hundred, about 100 in the last two weeks right now because we're doing another big dump this winter. And just replacing it all with maybe standalone commercial work, like a restaurant or a dental office. Which is basically just like a big house. It's like you know? a big house. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. there all day, maybe a little bit longer, but yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's all, we're talking about property size and if they will follow our payment method and our business model. If I can use the same mowers I'd use in a house and they want to pay me the same way a homeowner would pay me, then we're going to go ahead and continue to follow the method. So you're like not letting them do 60-day net, that no, kind of stuff? No, no. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's easy to say that like we're super staunch about that. It depends on the situation. Uh, I will say we take care of, we have some commercial stuff that we still have. Uh, we sub the mowing out and then we just do all the fertilizer on it. Um, so that's more profitable, obviously. Yeah, it's more right. profitable. Uh, it's, it fits, if I get it, fits our model. And that was the whole point. I mean, the question you just asked me was, is why did you do it? We made a business model shift. And if it fits the model, we will continue to do it. Um, but yeah, that I know Cody's itching to ask a follow-up question, but I just tried to interject here real quick. So I was just literally scratching my head. I wasn't. Okay. You're good. Go ahead. Okay. Fantastic. Well, so, okay. Ted. So there's a, 
So I've said this several times on this podcast, and I've said it several times when I talk to a lot of prospects at call service autopilot, is that I have a lot of admiration for people like you, our members, small business owners, because you guys have the guts and the gumption that I don't have because I, I, I get a paycheck. I collect my paycheck at the end of every week. But you have built something. So my, and my big thing is fear. I don't have it. I don't have what you have. And so my big thing is fear. So when you decided to dump, make no bones about it, six figures worth of business, was there any fear? And if there was, how did you deal with it? Yeah. So uh, it was a lot easier in the, in the situation that we were in. Uh, I wasn't that anxious about it because this is also – I started doing this type of work like 10 years ago. I graduated college five years ago. So let's say, you know, there's, it's been a common theme, you know, survive for five. If you can make it five years, you pretty much have kind of gotten your, your wherewithal with whatever job you're doing. <coughs> Excuse me. So I got to make it I'm, five years. I mean, that's what they were saying yesterday <laughs> in the talk. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's a phrase I've heard before. But I, when, when the time came to start making decisions to, to make a big dump like that, it was less scary because I was already confident in what we were doing and I'd already ex- experienced success in it. So number one, it wasn't that scary because we already knew we could sell residential. And number two, I was so fed up and so frustrated with the issues that we were having, getting these contracts done, getting paid on time, staffing for it. Uh, the high cost of performing that kind of work that I was actually excited to let go of it. And a lot of our employees were too, like our crew leaders, the ones that we keep on staff year round. It would, and even and this year, again, we've already announced the properties that we're dropping and people are excited. Like they're, they're ready to be done with them. So, and our, again, it just, for our market and, and our business model, we're very excited to get out of commercial and the large commercial. And other people can make a great business doing commercial. There is nothing wrong with doing commercial work. But for what we wanted to do, it doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. So you said we're excited. You're talking about your employees, right? Yeah. So your employees. So if I can digress for just a second here. So if your employees getting excited about a shift in your business model or taking on different clients, not necessarily um, lessening the load. The they load's like gonna be know more. enough of what's happening to be excited about yeah. that decision. So yeah, do you? So you keep them well informed about what you're doing and what you're what you're business philosophy for stuff like that. Yeah. Because honestly the, and this is going to be this, I would assume this is a, a, uh, a common issue at most businesses is you're going to have drama amongst employees sometimes and guys bicker or they ha- they get frustrated. And a lot of our frustration happens when you get maybe a bunch of guys on one job site and people see each other, not maybe some guy feels like another guy's not pulling his fair share. One guy's mowing the whole time. Another guy's trimming the whole time. Well, if you're only doing houses, it's just, it, it, it eliminates some of the drama that we've faced. So when we get rid of these big prices, also like, you know, when you're going house to house to house to house, you feel like you get a break. The guys just like the jobs because you feel like you're getting more accomplished in a day and you get a little like a micro break versus if you go into a home association that has like 150 homes and you're going to be there for the next seven hours, it's mentally defeating everyone hates Wednesdays on Wednesdays we have a big HOA and we have two trucks that go there and they hate Wednesday no one everyone if if we have a hard time when we staff new employees they conveniently are always sick on Wednesdays but the rest of the day is fine so uh, sick Wednesdays yeah sick Wednesdays and maybe on Mondays we have another big HOA on Mondays and guess who got (laughs) dropped from Summit Lawns this fall. Oh, a lot of them. Yeah. Well, what about, what about, we talk about that break and everything like that, you know, and this might be more convenient for you than some of our listeners who don't necessarily have as many crews, but here's just an idea. What if you rotated some of the crews out? So 
they don't have to hate every Wednesday, but maybe every fourth Wednesday. Uh, there could be pros and cons to that. However, I'm a big believer in like having as simple of a system as possible. And here's the other thing that happens. So we do what we call like a quality bonus. Um, if we have a crew that gets fewer than three complaints in a month, uh, then they get a $50 bonus um, through, a, through a gift card so it doesn't get like taxes taken out of their check. Uh, and the problem is, is that if you start separating out responsibilities, like you have multiple crews going to the same job and one day someone says, hey, my gutter got damaged. I don't know when it happened, but you, who, 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 do, you, who do you know is responsible? Yeah. What, what crew did it? Or if one crew shows up and said, hey, we got here and no one trimmed like this whole back section last week. Now we have to trim it. I mean, yeah, it, wow. eliminate, it eliminates or if you if you if you share crew drama, yeah, more inner crew drama. But also it's like, how do you hold any one particular crew responsible? Because how do you know who did Could just do what I do? I blame Cody for everything. Yeah, it totally works for me, though. Well, I might try that, too. If, if, a, if something doesn't get trimmed, we'll be, I guess, Cody. Cody. Yeah. yeah. Just blame Damn it on it, me. Cody. Yeah. I actually come and sprinkle Miracle Grow on the like just the back of the fence line so that it looks like they didn't trim. Oh, it just grows faster. You're that guy, you would be that guy. So yeah. you're spending dollars just to, to make other crews look bad. Yeah, then I look better. But I guess if your if your quality bonus is less than the money you spend on Miracle Grow, then it's a good business. Yeah. Well, problem. as we talked about with Jeff Harkness, <laughs> it's all about costs, right? It's all about costs. So I buy the Miracle Grow in bulk once a quarter. Fantastic. Way to go. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, this, this, this shift has been pretty good for us because we've been approached since then. I mean, we get approached by customers to do bigger jobs. And, uh, for instance, just last week, we were approached by Lincoln's largest outdoor mall um, to do their Christmas lights. And I really had to sit on that one because it's very tempting because we really need Christmas lights business. Uh, we're trying to grow that avenue so we can keep guys employed during the wintertime. And it was hard to say no, but we said no because – it doesn't fit what we're really trying to do. We're trying to do homes and stay in the residential market. So by taking on that job, it's distracting ourselves from what we really want to be doing. And I don't know. It was because you asked me last year, like, what happens if like the University of Nebraska calls you and says, we want you to mow? And I said, we probably would say we wouldn't do it. And then somebody came and dangled something really big. And then then a real one came in our face and got crap. What would Bear say right now? (laughs) Bear's going to ask me about this at SFI. I kept you on track. Look at that. Well, I mean, kept him on the, inspiring. He said impression because every map. day I wake up and I say, WWBD. Yeah. What would Bear do? What would Bear do? Yeah. It's kept me alive. And when you smoke a cigar and go back to sleep? Uh, so, by the way, speaking of cigars, apparently all my friends here at Service Auto Pilot Conference all smoke cigars. And yeah, I, you, need, you need to get No, into I'm it. serious. I'm t- there's like 10 people and they're like, oh, are we going to go smoke? And I don't know how to smoke a cigar. So I feel like it's like a peasant. It's a good thing that we've met. So yeah. we're fine. We'll talk about it after. I'll learn. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay. It's the best thing. Listen, it's, if, it's an acquired if, taste. Listen, if if one of our one of our coworkers at Service Autopilot, Alexander, can smoke a cigar, you can smoke a cigar. Wow. Right. Now, the, no. Throwing some shade. So, yeah, no, no, what does that I'm say about throwing, Alexander? I'm not throwing shade. Listen, I was very impressed because I've, I've I've been around a lot of people's first experiences. We're totally digressing here. I've been a lot of pe- around per- people's first experiences with cigars, and it and you know I've seen both positive and negative, but usually. Everybody kind of coughs for the first two times and, you know, it's just natural, you know, and if, especially if you're not used to anything like that, it's, it's different. It's a different experience. Alexander was like a total pro. It was the greatest first experience I've ever been a part of. And I just thought he was, I thought it was, I thought it was going to be chaos. And so that's what I'm saying. If, if he can do it, if he can handle it, I, 
it, it will we'll be fine. It'll so be what you're saying is, if I'm not a total pro, then that it's I'm a failure. No, it's like just Alexander? all it's all about it's all about it's all about it's all about impressions, right? Okay. So you said so. Like if you're if you're expecting if you're expecting that it's going to be awful, it's going to be great. Trust all me. Right, well, it's going to be great. No, no great. pressure, Cody. <laughs> um, but Ted, really appreciate you dropping by. I think that it's a really really valuable lesson that that even when you talk about large dollar jobs or big jobs, it may not be big for your bottom line. I think that's what the big takeaway is. So um, anything else that you have for our audience? Uh, I guess it depends on what kind of content you guys want to cover. Last year, the question was, what challenges have you faced and how did you overcome them? Is there like a What's topic? happened in the last year? We, yeah. Uh, yeah. we were a little more like scared and planned a whole bunch last year. And this year, we're being a little more loosey-goosey. Like shoot from the hip? Yeah. Well, yeah. that's what we do. We're quick starts. So. Oh, hey. They, they, no scripts. That's some Jason for you right there. Yeah. Uh, well, we have. We said one. Colby three times at breakfast this morning, and he appeared at our table. <laughs> Colby, 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 like Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, well, we, yeah, we've had some eventful things. Uh, we had our first embezzlement. Uh, Whoa! Situation. Whoa. Yeah. That. yeah, I didn't know Burying if I was supposed lead. to bring that up because that's totally an entirely different subject than what we just discussed. No, uh, do it. We want to hear it. Okay. Well, without going into too much detail, because it's going to make me sound like a stupid business owner, but I suppose it's happened too. It's not but as no, uncommon. but things happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even to great people. Uh, actually, I was when I was here last year. I was fully so I found out about it and sat on it for about three months before we fully enacted everything we were going to do with it, and I was fully aware of the situation when we were talking here last year, but I didn't deal with it till the week I got back from conference. Um, to make a long story short, uh, we, I discovered that my office manager had been uh, embezzling from us for, initially I thought it was like a one-time thing, and then I, I went back and looked and found out. I, once I discovered what was going on, it been going on for like three years. Oh my um, God, three years. Three years, and, and so basically, uh, and for anyone out there who's listening, the conversation always like, well, how did they do it? Because I want to, you know, cover my own ass or, you know, what was, well, how, how did it happen? What did they do? Like, because you feel like, oh, that would never happen to me or I hope it's not happening to me. So what I discovered was this, she was paying for uh, utility bills with company credit cards. So it wasn't that she was taking money from the company. She was spending company money on company credit cards and doing like utilities for her house. Uh because it looks exactly like a utility bill for the company. Mm -hmm. And we have a few different credit cards through the company. We do everything on credit cards uh, for points and stuff like that. So uh, I didn't even realize, like I go through the statement every month just to check. I'm like, I'm looking for like a $5 gas station charge because that means someone went and bought a candy bar and a pack of cigarettes. And here I, I realized that I should was be getting, $12 for a candy bar and a pack of cigarettes. Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> I, yeah, I told you I don't smoke. So, um, so anyways, uh, they, uh, I discovered I was getting like an electric bill on one credit card and an electric bill on the other credit card. Oh. And, uh, and I went back and we were looking about $10,000 over, over three years. So again, not that bad in the scheme of things because you hear stories of it being way worse for other people. Six figures. Yeah. yeah Collins Street Bakery in Texas, their accountant was, uh, he oh, was writing, yeah, he was writing, checks for stuff. He was living this like crazy lavish lifestyle and no one quite under, he just said that he did consulting on the side and everyone was like, okay, that makes sense. No one was sure why he still worked there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he embezzled like several million dollars. Oh, that's crazy. I'm, well, I'm fortunate that mine was not on that, on that caliber. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So that, that's what had been discovered. Uh, and then I sat on it for a while because we are, 
I guess when you You've go to a conference with like this, for three years, yeah, she's worked for me for a long time. And also, we're not a small company, but we're not a big company. We're we're kind of right. We're we're very average. We're we're at about a million in revenue, so that's like you're kind of standard at a conference like this because there's some very successful people here so what was happening is was she was my only office personnel and i didn't want to fire her like right now because i can't fill that role immediately and so i was kind of trying to figure out logistically like what do you do so i sat on it for a long time and honestly i i sat on it longer than i should have because i ted should have listened to our episode about building your bench oh yeah i well it's yeah i stacked the bench i'm a big believer in stack the bench um but anyways so what ended up happening was is we I had hired someone prior to coming down to conference and so that the former person was basically retraining training in her replacement under the guise of we are expecting massive growth next year because we just fired all this commercial work and we're gonna be adding like three hundred new customers next year. So we need more people in the office. That was the the guys. Um and I was like, I gotta I gotta get through this last trip out of town because then I'll be in town for the rest of the fall to train her in. So I got back into town. Um, and basically sat her down with an attorney and said, hey, here's the deal. I know what's going on, and here are your options. You have 10 days to give us 50% down of everything you've taken, and then over the next three months, we will uh, – I'll do a payment plan. Because I told her, I was like, I don't want to ruin your life. I don't want to ruin your kids' lives. I don't want to send you to prison. I felt guilty. I mean, I felt bad. I, even, I mean, she was the one who took from me, but I, I felt bad. I didn't want to ruin her life. Yeah. I said, I just want my money back. We'll wipe our hands clean and walk away. So within the 10-day period, she ended up being able to give us everything back, uh, which for a bad situation went – like this went as she good as – She was just it, transferring the exact same amount every month no, into her it wasn't. savings. It was, there were different – yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. No, we actually – we, her mom was the one who covered her butt and her oh, mom, okay. her mom paid us. So, uh, for a bad situation, it went honestly as, as smooth as it possibly could. Yeah. Clean slate for everybody. I mean, yeah. Well, but here, so here's a oh, little, here uh, what's it called? I think like a postlude at the, the <laughs> follow up, an epilogue, an epilogue. So here about four months ago, three months ago, I get a phone call from like an architecture firm and they're like, Hey, we need to talk to you about this person. And so I, I just got the message. So I called him back and the guy was like, uh, so I need to talk to you about something. I was like, I think I know what you're about to tell me. She asked for a reference. Well, I'll tell you. So I didn't, <laughs> the guy. Yeah. So both of us were kind of like dancing around the bush. Like no one wanted to say what this phone call was about, but I was like, you go ahead and talk, but I think I already know why you're calling me. And he goes, well, I'm giving you a courtesy phone call you need to check your books because we just discovered this person that used to work for you has been stealing from us. And so, Oh my God. God. Yeah. Yeah. So get this. So, so as it turns out, uh, this individual that was working for us had gone on to work for them. Um, and this guy goes, yeah, uh, we, uh, we found out that this was going on. Um, and so I'm giving you a courtesy phone call. He's like, I honestly should have checked you as a reference because she worked for you for three years. I don't know why I didn't call you when you first she hired. She put you down as a reference? I don't know what. I don't know. But in, in any case, yeah, I guess apparently. So. Oh, my God. That's yeah. just stupid. That's so anyway, so the stupid. guy, oh. So the guy is like, he's like, I, and I said, dude, I feel really, I, this speaks high to your character that you'd even call me. Like, I, this, this, is, this speaks very highly of you. And I feel really guilty right now that this happened to you because I didn't make this a legal matter when I had the opportunity. And he laughed. He's like, you know what? This is fine. He goes, 15 years ago, I was you. He said, this happened to me 15 years ago. And I did word for word exactly what you did. Don't want to ruin your life. Give me my money back. We'll walk away. won't say anything. So he goes, this is 15 years ago. This happened to me. He goes, five years later, I saw the same person who had worked for me on the news, had embezzled like $50,000 from someone else. 
And, he, and he's like, I told myself, if this ever happens to me again, I'm not going to pay it forward. Like, I'm going to make a legal matter of it today because I don't want it. I don't want this to happen to somebody else. Yeah. Sure. So he goes, and here it's happening to me again today. So I'm making a legal matter of this now. And I'm just calling you as a, as a courtesy. You might want to check your books. And I said, well, I really appreciate the phone call. I'm fully aware. I came out Scott clean on all of this again, which is super lucky. And mine wasn't even that big. I mean, it wasn't millions of dollars like this bakery. And I've heard stories for other people. It's I. She upped her game from 10 grand to 50. Uh, well, no, different person. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, the point the guy was saying, he's like, if this ever happens to me again, I'm going to make a legal matter of it now because I don't want to let them go scot-free and then they go on to do it to somebody else. Good yeah. Lord. So that was an interesting story we dealt with. Actually, I was dealing with that while I was standing here last year. You pulled um, it off well, Ted. You pulled it off well. well Could you tell? It was, uh, it was uncomfortable when we made it. So, um, but yeah, everything's really great now. Um, in, in that regard, I mean, everyone's talking about staffing issues in terms of field labor and that's a a burden for everybody right now. But uh, outside of that, it's things are going about according to plan. I mean, like I said, we, we changed the business model and we're trucking right along. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Ted, we really appreciate you dropping by. Hope you enjoy the rest of the conference. Next time, don't bury the lead when you've got a kick-ass story. No sure. Well, I didn't know if like where to you even should have been like, guys, 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 I, I don't this. care I about this you. commercial hey, essay, <laughs> all these numbers. I could have sent a lady to prison yes. is a way cooler headline. That's a way cooler lead. We could break Actually, it up into two episodes. I mean, we kind of talked for a while. No, 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 it's going to be one episode. I'm going to call it Ted chose not to Ted, send a Ted woman chose, to prison. Yeah. I, Ted is not a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, we really awesome. appreciate you dropping by um, and I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of the conference and uh, you're always welcome. We'll definitely have you back again. And uh, for everyone out there, check out Ted's first episode because you can kind of learn the background of today's episode. Uh, and you'll know that that whole time they're going to be listening to your this voice. Whole other story. Have, was he nervous during the first yeah. time when he was dealing with this? For the record, I think last year I gave a really good like service autopilot review, and I was expecting some kind of like kickback on my membership. I haven't seen that yet. Can you <laughs> can you talk to John about that? You're talking to people who are not that smart. Barry, you work in sales. You're my you, guy. You've I've, made I, very powerless allies. Yes, oh, yes. I chose the wrong friends. Yes. Yeah. True story. I did too because I still have to stand next to this guy every day. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks. The music in this episode of The Prophet Road Mac was Rip Tide and Summon the Rock by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. If you want to check out Kevin's music, it's some good stuff, Incompetech.com.